Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome to the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. And the topic that has resurfaced to the top of the NFL news cycle is Colin Kaepernick and his involvement in the NFL. Uh, we're not going to get into the social issues and everything else that has happened. It's It's been a long ride, right, since Colin Kaepernick was was at the top of his game playing under Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco, which seems like, man, just saying it out loud seems like it was forever ago, right? So... What is happening now is he's going to be on an actual official workout, similar to like what a pro day looks like, right? For 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 a college football player, where there's going to be some NFL teams there. Yeah, there's so going- no pro days on a Saturday in November. Yes, yes, it's it, this the is NFL different. set up. Yeah, the NFL set this up. It's going to be. It's definitely going to be something different than what we are used to. But at the end of the day, Colin Kaepernick is officially going to be working out for some NFL teams, right? So. I want to stick with this. Are there any teams that would be a good fit for him, right? Because, or, or he would be a good fit for, because I, let's assume, right? Let's just assume that he is semi what he was when he was playing, even when he was bad as a backup in at the end of his career, right? Let's just assume he's kind of at that level. He's been staying by all accounts. He's been working out. He's been staying in shape. Um, otherwise I'd assume he wouldn't have a workout. There's a lot of teams in the NFL right now that have backup quarterbacks that are playing. Um, if those backup quarterbacks go down, they, they don't have really good options. The I think, you know, Jeff Driscoll, Mason. I mean, there's a lot going on in the NFL right now. Uh, we talked about Hoyer, obviously. Brissett's going to be out for a while. Is there a good fit when you look across the NFL that you guys think maybe makes sense? Jamie, I'll let you go first here. I mean, not nothing that comes to mind right away. Look, the the issue here, just strictly from a football standpoint, is I have no idea where Colin Kaepernick is at in terms of his physical abilities mm-hmm. at this moment, his abilities as a passer, how up to date he is on on some of the changes that have been happening in NFL offenses over the years. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, so when, when he left the NFL, he was worthy of being a backup somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's still the case. I don't know that it's not the case. I just it's it's tough to evaluate that. Is he one of the 100 best quarterbacks out there? Maybe. Is he one of the 32 best? No. And, and I think that that argument that I've seen on social media a lot is, is quite frankly ridiculous just because we don't know that. There's no possible way that you could know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, I mean, people who just like fantasy fantasy booking things, that someone said go to Baltimore and just line up Lamar Jackson, RG3, and Colin Kaepernick all in the same backfield <laughs> – it was meant jokingly. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I don't know because I have no idea what he is right now as a football talent. I ha- I couldn't even begin to tell you. Yeah, and it's a private workout, right? So I assume we're not going to see anything from this workout. Oh, we're going to see. Oh, you think so? The, all right, here's the problem with the whole damn thing. And Sean Weatherspoon had a great tweet this morning. Hey, I'm available. I'm not on a team. I have no drama that comes with me, but I'm not. The NFL is not setting up a personal workout for me. This is all due to the fact that Colin Kaepernick suing the NFL and he's probably going to win or has already won. And then if this is part of the deal that we're going to set up a workout for you, this is absolute BS from a guy that played in the NFL and tried to get back in at times when I was finally healthy. Every other dude in the league that's trying to get in the NFL is like, whoa, why the hell is this just open workout? Mm-hmm. 
How in the hell is the NFL going to schedule and a workout and then announce it for just Colin Kaepernick on a Saturday in November? To go back to your original question, the only team that fits is Baltimore, but they got a better backup that does the exact same thing that can actually throw. Colin Kaepernick is 32 years old. He's going to be a step slower. He wasn't that good when he was at his prime as a dual threat guy because defense is caught up the next year. And when he tried to be a pocket passer, he was god awful and Blaine Gabbert beat him out. He was terrible. And he didn't have a lot of picks, so don't give me the crap. He, he was terrible. Show me the film where he was a good quarterback. He cannot play quarterback in the NFL, and it is a giant distraction. Why in the hell would the Baltimore Ravens, who have all of this going on right now, take a risk on signing him in case their starter, Lamar Jackson, who's maybe the MVP, their backup, and RG3, who's the same kind of guy that can run the offense, they both get hurt. So what, Colin Kaepernick sitting on the bench, and you bring that crap into your locker room when everything's going this good? What wins in the NFL? Can you win? Let me ask you this, guy. Can you win in the NFL with a super talented team with no chemistry in the locker room? No. Hell no. That's the Browns. It, it, exactly. If you bring him into this situation, are you bringing a media circus with it? Yes. Absolutely. Who in the hell wants to do that? I don't give a damn. If he is Colin Kaepernick that went to the Super Bowl the year he took over for Alex Smith, which he's not. He hasn't been. He wasn't for the next four years after that. I don't care if he's that guy. You can't bring this into your locker room. Because he ain't that dude. He can't be a pocket passer. I say this all the time with these dual threat guys. When the dual threat goes away and you become a one threat, you better have been a pocket passer at one time in your career. He was not. He was god awful. Yeah, he was. And and I think the the big thing here is that everybody's, you know, there's this level of obviously excitement from we haven't seen him in a long while. And there's always been this is and and Jamie's right, right? He talked about it. Like there's a lot of people on social media that Anytime a quarterback goes down, go, okay, well, Colin Kaepernick should have this job. Like, how exactly do you know that? Do you talk to Colin? Do you know what he's doing? Like, for all we know, he could be not participating in any workouts. He could be sitting on his goddamn couch not doing anything. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, He's playing in a flag football league. It's a seven-on-seven with a bunch of former players. It's the only time anybody's seen him do anything. I don't give a damn if he's in shape, Paige. Yeah. I don't give a damn if he's with a quarterback coach throwing five days a week and studying nonstop. And you could tell me he's one of the top 100 best quarterbacks in the league, so he should be a three somewhere. That's BS because all the bullshit that comes with him trumps anything he could do for a team. Yeah. And if, if, Tim Tebow, if Tim Tebow wanted to be an H-back tight end hill in New Orleans and play special teams and be the personal protector, he should have been a Hall of Fame football player. He couldn't let the media circus go behind him and just go be part of a team or he'd still be playing. He wasn't a quarterback. He couldn't let go of that and just go be a football player. But he was a damn good football player if he could have let all the BS go. Nobody wanted to sign him because all the crap that came with him for a special teams guy. Nobody wants to sign a guy that's going to be your backup quarterback or a three at best and all the crap that comes with him. Yeah, no, it's... And it's like, I have so many problems with this. It's not even funny. Like, the NFL... You can't fix the damn officials, but you're going to give into a lawsuit where you have to give this BS workout where everybody's going to send some freaking scout or low-level personnel guy. Because don't give me, tell me the GMs and head coaches are going to a workout at Atlanta on Saturday yeah. unless they're playing in Atlanta. Yeah. Not a damn one. No. For him? Come on, man. It's, the whole thing is a joke. And the whole thing's a media circus, which adds to the point where I'm saying nobody wants that to follow them into their locker room. No. And, and I think the Sean Weatherspoon point is important, right? Um, there's a lot of guys whose dream is to play in the NFL who aren't playing right now. Colin Kaepernick is not the only one. He's the only one that gets talked about, but he's not the only one. There's a lot of them. I know some of them. And that's the part that, that honestly triggers or makes me upset is 
Those guys, if you're going to do this, then guess what? You should do an open workout for all the players that are trying to get on rosters that all the GMs and the coaches can come to that they can watch because that's you're playing favorites now. Because what is this? This is this is a media circus. This is a stunt. This is something that has to do with, like Jake said, it's something to do with the lawsuit. It's some because otherwise this doesn't make any sense. Colin Kaepernick is not talented enough to warrant what is happening right now. Yeah, I mean, like- it never was. Like the point that drives me crazy is just because he's socially divisive and one side loves him and the other side hates him doesn't make him a good quarterback. Yeah. Put me the film and this ain't my first rodeo. He was in the division in San Francisco when we were in Arizona. I watched him twice a year. He was terrible. Yeah, Lane Gabbert beat him out and made him look awful. I started an entire hashtag called Capper Pick because he came into Arizona and threw four interceptions in the first half. He was ter- – and I mean, he was terrible. Terrible. And you're talking about – we're not getting social, but you're talking about a very divisive guy with a media circus. Half the locker room is going to love it. Half the locker room is going to completely hate it, and it's yeah. going to split it immediately. Who wants that drama? Yeah, and, and look, and the reality is, look, and, and I'll, I'll say this to my point so this doesn't get thrown back at us. I actually, I'm a supporter of his issue. But yes. the problem is here is that you have to live in the real world. In the real world of, if you're building a team right now, as Jake has said, there's you have to be Patrick Mahomes. Yes. For somebody to say, you know what, screw it. I will take, I, I will have, I will answer the questions. My GM will answer the questions. My players will answer the questions and deal with all the stuff the rest of the year. Yeah, if you're Patrick Mahomes, if you're Lamar Jackson, yeah, sure, m- maybe they will take that chance on you. They're not going to do that on somebody. Jamie, that- I'd say this. If he's going to be Andy Dalton, <laughs> this is worth it. He ain't even close to Andy Dalton as a quarterback in the NFL. No. Not even in the freaking same conversation in the realm, period. And I think it's it, sometimes just like we, we talk about this with a lot of guys, like the unknown, people like to talk you up. There's no chance that Colin Kaepernick is better today than he was the day he left. No the NFL. chance. There's no chance. No. Nope. So He's I don't. Thirty two now. No, that's yeah. not how. That's not how Father Time works, and Father Time's undefeated. So just from a strict, strictly football perspective, I, I can't possibly see him getting signed. And I've said this for a while now. Like, look, regardless of the reason why he might have been out of the league initially, or what, it doesn't matter. The point is, what we're dealing with right now, when it comes to this conversation, I, I can't see him getting signed by any team. It's obviously a publicity stunt by the NFL, whether it's due to the lawsuit or whether it's being advised to them because it would make them look better yeah. in future litigation, whatever it might be. It, from all accounts, it was hastily done, hastily put together. They're doing it on a Saturday, which is a which is an incredibly weird day to do this on. This, this yeah, because the representatives asked for a Tuesday like every other workout, and the yeah. NFL is done, and the NFL said, no, it has to be this Saturday. How about a later Saturday? No, it has to be this Saturday. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's a sham. It's a sham. Yeah, this is this is all it's a publicity stunt, right? That's exactly what's happening. And I think I'm with Jamie on this is something that's being done and being advised to the NFL for future litigations to look like, hey, we did everything we could um, and gave him an opportunity to come in and showcase that he actually deserves and is so talented. But guys, Antonio Brown is a top three wide receiver and he's not playing in the NFL because he can't get himself to not create a media circus. Colin Kaepernick is nowhere near top three quarterback nowhere near so that's where I look at this and I go listen if if NFL teams have made a decision that at a certain point talent doesn't trump the chaos that happens and involves when you come into the locker room if they're not going to make that exception for Antonio Brown who we literally saw playing football not that long ago there is no chance that is happening for Colin Kaepernick no chance it's just not going to and it and frankly I agree with that 
Because if I'm, if I'm a GM and I'm especially in a winning situation, right? You use Baltimore. Why? Why? What's the upside? There's none. And look, we, we can argue. We can argue to the cows come home whether that's fair or not, but no. the reality is is the GMs are, are, are tasked with one thing, and that's to win football games and to put the best team on the field yeah. together. If they're going, they're not going to do something that's going to completely shake their team to the core. Again, this is where it, it, this is different than. And look, I, I didn't play football past high school. I'm not trying to pretend like I, I have. I've done that. Yeah. Jake, that's why Jake's on the show because he has. He's yeah. played professional football, but this is these are not like other jobs. This is not like, oh, okay, well, there's a controversial person that's coming in to work at Chase Bank today yeah. Or, or, yeah. or to work at Google today. Yeah. You're dealing with a very public job with very short shelf life of both players and executives at these jobs. They're not going to upset the apple cart unless you have just such an unbelievable talent level that they say, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice. Yeah. Like it's just not going to happen. And, and, and look – Again, as I'm saying this as somebody because I feel like I have to preface this as somebody that supports yeah, his kneeling. I agree. I did. And I, and I know some people disagree with that, and that's fine. We can have an open debate about that. I am supportive of that. But there's not a chance in the world that I think a team is going to sign him right now. And if I was a GM in the NFL today, I wouldn't sign him. Agreed. And it has nothing to do with that issue at this point. No. It has no issue and, don't, and don't even get at any of us about that damn issue because we're talking football. Yeah, that's exactly if right. Want, if you want to get at me about football, about how he needs to be playing for somebody – Show me the tape because it, it doesn't exist. That's exactly right. This has nothing to do. I have I I I'm in Jamie's boat. I agree. I'm I'm pro what he was standing for, right? What he was kneeling for, what he personally stands for. It doesn't matter. This is about football. This is about football teams want to win football games. That is what you are judged on. Not anything else. Not if you're donating money. Not if you're they don't care. You are your job is to win football games. And I am saying from a talent perspective. Colin Kaepernick is not good enough to justify coming into the league right now and this whole circus because he doesn't make an NFL team significantly better. That's it. That's the conversation. Period. Period. There's no, there is no other argument. You want to talk about social justice and all that stuff? That's a separate podcast. That's not talking about football. Okay. That's something completely different, right? There are plenty of guys in the league who do a lot for their communities that, oh, by the way, nobody talks about. Nobody. My mom does a lot of charity events. Jake does a lot of charity events with a lot of athletes who do a lot of good for their communities. And guess what? They're not getting special treatment. Most of the time, nobody talks about it. So that's don't don't get at me with that. I, I, I've seen a lot of it. I know a lot of these guys that do a lot of good. And maybe you should hit them up and support their causes and make sure that they, they can continue to do more for their communities because it's happening every day in the NFL. Every day, yeah, donate, donate money and get anybody a job, and it ain't winning no damn games. Yes, and they got a that's all that matters. Playing on the field, we're talking about playing on the field. He can't do it anymore. No, and that's all that matters. Oh, oh, by the way, if he could, he should have gone to Canada and lit it up for the last three years and earned his way back, like Doug Flutie and Warren Moon and some other people that have done it that way. That's if he wanted to play football bad enough, he should have been in Canada to do it the whole time. Yeah, it's a publicity stunt. That's I, I that's what it boils yeah. down to for the NFL. Um, it, it, it's a joke, and we've now wasted 15 minutes talking about somebody that doesn't is not going to be playing football this year uh, or ever again in the NFL. So yeah. let's get to the people that actually are. Yeah, let's get to the guys. Off. Yeah, pissing me off. Let's don't pick up Colin Kaepernick in fantasy. Yeah, right, that, we'll wrap it up with this. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> we'll bring it all home with that. We'll bring it all home with that. Uh, moving right along to some of the the guys that are playing football that are impacting your roster on a day to day basis, and these are listen. We're headed into week 11, right? It's almost, it's, we're almost there to the fantasy playoffs. Some of these moves 
depending on the injuries that you have, the bye weeks that are still remaining, you got to make some of these moves on the waiver wire to make sure that you're winning some of these premier matchups that are going to get you into the postseason. So guys, I have a couple of wide receivers I want to get into, a couple running backs, and just want your opinion, kind of yes or no, whether or not you're, you're picking them up. So Devontae Parker in Miami, 59% owned in the NFL right now. The next upcoming game, so you have them. Buffalo, Cleveland, Philadelphia, at New York Jets, at New York Giants, Cincinnati. Pretty favorable from a scheduling standpoint. Jake, do you like that that guy to pick up and, and put Parker on your on your bench and potentially play him in a flex spot? Yeah, I really like it other than this week. All those other matchups to me sound very favorable. Against Buffalo, no, I don't like it at all. But the rest of those sound very favorable. And if you're going to stash him on your bench anyway, he's a great guy that if you get an injury later on that you could probably plug in, you make the playoffs – that makes a lot of sense. Getting in the end zone a good amount. Fitz is still throwing it. That team's playing really hard, uh, and they don't have a lot of other options. So, yeah, I like it, but I don't like it this week against Buffalo. Yeah, I agree. He's somebody I advocated picking up a couple weeks ago because of that schedule. Because, look, he's that offense has a little some life under Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we've definitely seen it in the last couple of weeks. He's getting a ton of targets. Preston Williams is on IR. Ball's got to go somewhere, and it's going to go to Devontae Parker more often than not. All right, let's talk about New York Giants. Darius Slayton, 10% owned. They're on a bye this week. Then That's going way up after today. Yeah, after they're going at Chicago, Green Bay, at Philadelphia, Miami, and at Washington. That's the next few. That's the honestly the remaining schedule for the New York Giants. Jamie, I'll go let you take this one first. What are your thoughts on Darius Slayton moving forward? I expect him to be the number one or number two pickup once waivers clear. Uh, it's, it's, it's big between him and Brian Hill as who's the most picked up player. Uh, look, the Giants' schedule is extremely favorable down the stretch. Uh, I don't think Sterling Shepard plays another game this year. I talked about that on the show yesterday. Uh, the, but those targets had to go somewhere. Evan Ingram's injury could linger beyond this bye week. Daquan Barkley doesn't look like he's the same player, at least right now, looks like he's injured. So where are these targets going to go? They're going to have to go to Golden Tate, and they're going to have to go to Darius Light. Jake, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jamie hit the nail on the head with that one. It's uh... – Golden Tate, I like. He's getting a decent amount of targets in the slot, but somebody's got to go down the field and be the outside guy. And it looks like Slayton's the guy. And it looks like him and Daniel Jones have some chemistry, which I always lean on too. He started going to him. He's gotten a lot of targets. I, I like it. I mean, it's another guy that you you might have to plug and play. And I'm at this point, I'm trying to stash as many bench guys that might be number one or two options on their teams that if my guy goes down, I could plug in. And he's one of them. Two other wide receivers here, guys, with the Emmanuel Sanders going down um, and, and what whether or not that's going to impact him longer term here. Debo Samuel had a pretty nice game. Uh, their, their next couple of games here, they had a pretty tough schedule. They're Arizona, Green Bay, at Baltimore, at New Orleans, at the L.A. Rams. That's, that's their remaining schedule. Oh, and Atlanta in there as well. What are your thoughts on San Francisco's Debo Samuel moving forward, Jake? I like Debo. Uh, I really like him after the catch. They, they move him around. You guys know I love Kyle Shanahan and his offense. And with Emmanuel going down, I think he's definitely the number one option there. I've, I've seen the comparisons to Anquan Bolden. I think we probably need to hold off of that for now. But he is really physical after he catches the ball. So I see where some of those are coming from. Uh, now, not all those matchups are favorable. But playing Atlanta, playing Arizona, absolutely. I mean, those are, those are very favorable matchups where they're going to have to probably throw it at least some. Uh, so I don't like him as maybe as much as Slayton as the, the upside, but he's definitely going to be a guy that should be in that 10 to 12 point range every week with a chance to get in the end zone. Yeah, he should be somebody you had add on your bench. Look, if Emmanuel Sanders doesn't play this week against Arizona, I think he's then into flex territory. But he's been pretty decent the last three weeks. They've made an effort to get the ball in his hands. 
obviously took advantage of Sanders going out of that game, but was somebody that was probably on the border of being a waiver-wide ad, even if he had like a four catches for 50-yard game. Uh, so uh, he's definitely somebody to have on your team. And keep in mind, he might actually be able to put up some decent numbers for you this week if Emmanuel Sanders is out. So the last wide receiver here I want to talk about is Randall Cobb because he's one of the sexier pickups. But his next four are tough. At Detroit, at New England, Buffalo, and at Chicago. Not exactly a favorable schedule when you talk about matchups, especially going into those are the four, really the next four weeks, 11, 12, 13, 14, that you're really, really going to need these guys to win in the to get you to the postseason if you're not already there. Jamie, your thoughts on Randall Cobb? Yeah, I wrote about him a little bit for Sports Illustrated as somebody that if you believe that the target volume will continue, then he's the guy you pick up. Uh, he's come, He's got back-to-back eight target games. He caught six passes in each of the last two games. But, you know, one of them was for 35 yards. The other game was for 106 yards and a score. Uh, like I said, he's somebody that I don't think is a must-add. I think if you're hurting at wide receiver and really just need someone, you can add him to your bench and hope. But a lot of those teams have been good against slot players this year. And, look, Cobb has just been kind of hit or miss. I know we'd be looking different. He's got two long touchdowns called back against him this year, and I think people would – he wouldn't be on the waiver wire, quite frankly, I think, if both of those were upheld. But I don't think he's somebody that's a must-add, but if you're really desperate in a deep league, he'll be okay. I would much rather have the other names we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, look, there's too many cooks in the kitchen when Dallas is healthy. I don't know how many balls you could spread around there, and he's the third option after you get done with Zeke in that passing game, maybe the fourth option. In a lot of a lot of cases, he's had some decent games, but that's when guy, when guys have been hurt. So I, you know, that one's kind of uh, buyer beware. I don't think there's a really huge upside there. I mean, if you're really desperate, like Jamie said, in some deeper deeper leagues, then maybe. But I'm not a big fan of that one. All right, let's move into the running backs. There's a couple of guys here, based off the injuries that happened with Devonta Freeman, and then in Detroit, they're so far down on the on the list here because of- there's some breaking news there on that one. Before you jump to the running backs page, so uh, Ross is coming back from injured reserve, being activated today in Cincinnati. Okay, good, good to so John, know. John Ross is another guy we should throw out there as potential waiver wire guy, especially with AJ Green's injury being going to be extended. And who knows how long? I mean, that one's interesting. What do you think about that one, Jamie? I like him a lot. He's had a, he's been really strong this year. Uh, he's somebody that I'm actually going to add in one of my, uh, my one of my leagues where I have some extra bench spots. I'm out outside of bye week hell now. Uh, I think he's actually definitely somebody that you should look if you have a spot to add to your roster. Because I get I don't think it, I don't know if Adrian Green's playing this year. I don't think he's going to. I don't I, I don't think it makes any sense when you look at where Cincinnati is and the fact that they by all accounts see him as a as a big part of their future. Right when they draft a young rookie quarterback and they want a guy, a veteran in that locker room uh, that's going to play and be somewhat of a safety blanket. Can't imagine they're going to risk him coming back and re-injuring himself. I, I just don't really think it makes a whole lot of sense. They're obviously tanking at this point. Uh, when you look at across the NFL, that's 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 the team you look at and go, yeah, they're, they're going to try and get that number one overall spot. So he'll be eligible to play in week 13. So just kind of keep in mind okay. off that. So you won't have him the next two weeks, but – Going into the final week of the regular season for a lot of fantasy leagues and into the fantasy playoffs, he will be available. All right. The next. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing there is a home run threat, right? Yeah. He's so fast. Yep. So you, you got to, like, if you're projected to lose by 25 and you got to risk it on a couple things, he's one of those guys you go, okay, let's take a flyer because I need somebody to have. He's going to be straight hit or miss. But he's somebody to definitely look at in that situation. All right. The two running backs I want to talk about here is in Atlanta, Brian Hill, 3% owned. His next four at Carolina, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, at uh, home against Carolina. Then they get San Francisco and Jacksonville after that. Uh, a couple of tough matchups, a couple of easier matchups in that mix. But obviously with Devonta Freeman going down, we talked about that. Jake, your thoughts on Brian Hill moving forward? 
I don't think there's an easy matchup in that at all. I, I look to picking him up, and unless you're in a deep league and, it's, and you're desperate, Carolina's pretty good against the run. Tampa's number one against the run. New Orleans is number two or three against the run. You play Carolina again the next four. I like the player. He's big, say like I said yesterday, 6'1", 220, catches out of the backfield, backfield pretty well. They don't run it a lot anyway, so full point PPR maybe, but I don't like those matchups yeah. at all. If you're talking about Luke Keekley, you're talking about Devin White, Levante, uh, Levante David, you know, and then you're going to New Orleans, you're, you're talking about really good linebackers to cover them out of the backfield on teams that stop the run. So I wouldn't expect a whole lot out of that. Yeah, the, really the only good matchup there is you've been able to run it on San Francisco, but you're pro- it's probably not going to matter by, you're talking about week the week 16, right? Yeah, I, I would look yeah. at this as a two to three week window, and particularly this week. Actually, Carolina's been really bad against fantasy running backs. Fantasy running backs have had some a lot of success against them. Not against Tampa or New Orleans, so those, those are death matchups. But uh, look, if you're really running back needy, uh, there aren't many options out yeah. there, so he's definitely somebody that I would add. But I think you're looking at a, uh, maybe he has a big week this week just because of the volume. I mean, he got 20 carries in the game last week, but he's not somebody that I think you're going to be starting three or four weeks from now. How about J.D. McKissick, who obviously is 21% owned, going to get picked up a little bit more because of what you saw him get involved, seven targets in Chicago, but more injuries there. They're really far down on the depth chart there. Um, a volume play, potentially, Jamie. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, look, I expect them to be down in Dallas, and they're going to need to pass the ball, and I think they're going to have J.D. McKissick heavily involved in that in that scenario because that, that is what his deal is. They want him to be a uh, – not even change of pace, just want him to be a, a passing down back. Uh, the way they've used him, but they're just running out of guys there. Uh, with Ty Johnson probably missing this game, they're down to Paul Perkins, uh, JD McKissick. Uh, they're just, it's, I think if you're desperate, he's a, in a two flex league. I think he's somebody that can be a second flex spot, maybe get you eight to 12 points this week, but it's not like he's going to hit you a home run. Yeah, no, I mean, Jamie hit the nail on the head with that one. This, you know, I mean, if Stafford's not playing, you don't know how efficiently this offense is going to be rolling anyway. So even if they are down and they're throwing it a ton, you're talking about a Dallas defense that knows they got to bounce back. I don't. I'm not a big fan of this one. I mean, this is uh, if you're desperate, you're desperate. But I'm not anywhere near that desperate in any of the leagues I'm playing in. So I'm, I'm not touching that. Humble one. brag. Humble brag. Humble brag. Humble bucky, whatever it is. I'm, I'm not touching <laughs> that's, it. That's too too risky for me. That's so funny. All right, the last thing we're going to do here is preview what has become a, a very important Thursday night football matchup. The five, now all of a sudden the above five hundred Pittsburgh Steelers who are in a playoff position are playing the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Cleveland coming off of a, a big win that they absolutely needed if they even want to sniff the postseason. They're a two and a half point favorite at home. Listen, traditionally, Big Ben owns Ohio. Big Ben's not playing in this game, right? There's a lot of implications for this one in the division, uh, in the AFC. And and I think this is going to be really a fun matchup, more fun than probably two weeks ago I would have gone yawn. I have no interest in this. Now I'm very interested because of the way these two teams have kind of fought and clawed their way back. Jake, what do you see happening in this one? Yeah, I go back and forth. I mean, there's really no reason you want to pit Pittsburgh in this game other than Cleveland still hasn't shown anybody anything, including their game this weekend against Buffalo. Uh, that defense is still giving up too much. They should be better than they are. Their offense isn't any good, and they're still getting a huge pass rush. Pittsburgh's defense is playing really well. They're getting a ton of turnovers. They're getting picks. They're getting sacks. They're rushing the quarterback. They're stopping the run pretty well. And Mason Rudolph's playing very efficient in Randy Fickner's offense. They're dinking and dunking, but they're moving the ball. Connor's supposed to come back and play in this one. Maybe they get a little bit more help in that backfield. I'm going to go Pittsburgh 27-23 until Cleveland proves to me that they could beat the big brother even with Ben out. 
I'm still going Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going to lean to Pittsburgh as well. I kind of just uh, because I'm just risk averse, I would like to see if that line goes up to plus three just to yeah. give me that game winning field goal insurance essentially. But look, it, to me, I think this is going to be a battle of what each of these defenses do. And right now, the way Baker Mayfield has played this season, he is going to have a lot of trouble against a really athletic, a really big playmaking defense that the Steelers have been the last few weeks. And I just, I just can't see them. I can't see Baker Mayfield not getting into trouble early and often I agree. in this game. I like that James Conner is going to be back, although he hasn't been super effective on the ground. He's been a huge asset for them in the passing game. Uh, so the ability, just the talent level difference between James Conner and Jalen Samuels, even if they play the exact same role, is significant enough. That is a boost for the Steelers' offense. We started to see a little bit more from James Washington lately. So we're, I mean, they have, we'll have all three of their receivers going. Uh, I think they'll have just enough to get done here. But for fantasy purposes, I, I kind of like if I, I'm going to be starting. I have a two flex league that I play in, and I'm going to be starting Kareem Hunt in that second flex spot. I yeah. think he's somebody that this could have an interesting game here. Uh, I do expect the Browns are going to have to pass to keep up with it. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game per se, but I don't think this is going to be a, a game where this is a, a team versus team okay. uh, point total either. So I think there's going to be some amount of offense here, but I'm going to lean the Steelers to cover. Yeah, I think the Steelers are going to win uh, because I'm with Jake. I haven't that win against Buffalo really wasn't convincing, right? Like if I I watched that in the entirety of that game and I didn't really feel any better about Cleveland than I did coming into the week. I know that they got the victory and that's what matters, but this is still a very important rivalry game. I like Mike Tomlin a hell of a lot more than I like Freddie Kitchens from a coaching perspective. I think the the Steelers have this kind of rallied chemistry that they're all around each other right now, and that defense is balling out. And I think that when you've seen, if you've watched Cleveland very closely, they've struggled on both sides of the ball, but Baker has taken a serious regression back this year, and I think that they're they're going to make it a really, really tough day for Baker. I, I, I just don't think he's going to have a lot of success, and it's it might be ugly. We'll see. We'll see, but listen, it's a big game for Cleveland. They need it. They need every this victory is, going here on this out. This is an elimination game for Cleveland. I yes, uh, I agree. The, the seventh law, look, no, they're not winning out. No. So they're, if they lose this game, that's it for them. They could win, and there's an easy scenario where they're actually only one game back in the playoffs if they win this game. But uh, to me, this is this is a season break, make or break right now. This is the home game. You have a really you have a very favorable stretch. Although you have two of these games against Pittsburgh, you really need. I mean, the Browns legitimately need to go what six and one. Yeah. At, at worst. Yeah. Uh, down the stretch here, so um, I just they better they better show up in Pittsburgh. Look, you have. Oakland behind you at five and four. Indy behind you at five and four. Tennessee behind you at five and five. Like they got to win too. Th- this this run at the end of the to the AL wild card is uh, AL the AFC wild card is going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm thinking it's, about the Astros cheating too much. That's that's what, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. The Yankee fan is thinking about the Astros cheating. Imagine can't 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 believe it that he's that he's focused in on that. Uh, Jake, any parting thoughts on today's podcast? Yeah, interesting. Uh, another breaking news right now. Austin Hooper sprained MCL. Uh, official looking like it's going to be a month. Yikes. So a sneaky, really, really good player this year. Like He's better than, like I think, they, six of the top ten running backs yeah. in total points yeah, he's right been now. Great. 162 or something like that. He's been spectacular. Uh, it's going to look like he's going to miss a month. So if you've had him all year and you've been leaning on him, you better get on that waiver wire and get lucky because that could cost you big time. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not picking up Luke Stalker. I no. mean, so I mean, I know a lot of people's first reaction is to go immediately and go add the the backup tight end. Um, I don't think that's worthy of it. I'm gonna look uh, just because you brought that up. I want to look here at a couple of names that I think are available in the majority of leagues. 
uh, that I think are worthy of picking up. Guys, yeah, this weekend, Hawkinson has a pretty good matchup, but that's been hit or miss, and you have no idea what his chemistry is with the backup quarterback. So. Yeah, I mean, look, either the Colts tight ends, especially for right now, whether it's Ebron or Doyle, there's some chemistry there with Brian Hoyer. Uh, you know, Jason Witten uh, is out there if you need him. Uh, I think he's a decent option there. But otherwise, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of great options. I wouldn't go with Stalker. Uh, if you really want to take an upside play, uh, I not this week, but I do think there is some value for Mike Jacecki going forward. Fitzpatrick's starting to develop a little bit of a chemistry with him. But, yeah, it, it's – as you know, it's been slim pickings out there at the tight end position all season. Yes, it has, especially with a couple of injuries to some of these guys who have been performing, and Austin Hooper has definitely been one of those guys. Jamie, any other parting thoughts on today's podcast? Just that, again, scour your waiver wire and start thinking about multi-week moves because you have to, as we get closer and closer, for most of us, there's this week and then two more weeks until the fantasy playoffs start. If you're, let's say you're already set and you're like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm Jake and I already, I never lose in the TDN fantasy league, so I'm, I'm going to make the playoffs and there's no doubt. Hey, I made a waiver wire move. I got Pittsburgh's defense. There you go. There you go. But start, to, add, to add to Minnesota's defense, I am now officially set for the playoffs. But start looking about that. Don't don't you don't necessarily necessarily need to go out and get a guy like JD McKissick because JD McKissick's not a player that's going to play for you in the postseason. Look at the John Rosses of the world. Mm-hmm. Look at some of these other guys. That, look at the Will Fullers, for example. If he's yeah. been dropped and he's been out there, look at some of these other guys that have at least a chance or maybe a high a high impact a handcuff like Alexander Madison. Guys that you have at least a somewhat chance that if something goes right, you might be playing them in the postseason. So you don't have to get involved in the JD McKissicks of the world or these or the you know the these other some of the other wide receivers. Darius Slayton, yes, is one I think you should pick up either way. But a lot of these guys are like one or two week fill ins. You don't need to throw a lot of your fat budget on these guys. Start preparing for the future. Yeah, I already went. If you're somebody that has Delvin Cook and you're locked in, like I I'm don't already- understand this. Why is Alexander Madison still available in like two thirds of leagues? Yes, I don't understand. He's in, in my big league, in my 14 team league with in with Baron Davis and all those guys that are. It's super competitive. I'm locked in for the postseason. So I went. I I couldn't believe he was on the waiver wire. I was like. Why would why would nobody try and do this just to f with me? Because I have the best no team. He should be owned on a hundred percent of teams that have Dalvin yeah. Cook, and probably about eighty five percent of teams that don't. Well, somebody dropped him, so it's he was. I, so I looked and I go, "Who the hell is dropping?" And so I was just, I was like, "All right, well, that's an easy one for me to pick up because I've tried to pick him up every week, just seeing if there's an opportunity that he might get dropped." So listen, if you have some of your your horses, right, some of your guys that are winning you week in and week out. If you have an extra spot or you have an extra bench spot, like if you're locked in, like Jake and I are in in our one leagues, like start looking at, okay, if there's an opportunity they might go down, like who's that bench guy I'm going to need? And that's, for me, it was Alexander Madison. So that was an easy decision and, and, and for look, me. There are a couple other names that go, that go along with that. Um, you look at Wayne Gallman. Yes, I, definitely. I, there's a lot of, cons- I mean, I picked him up in one of my leagues. I'm just, again, I, I don't think Saquon's healthy and no. I'm not sure they're going to push him. Um, you know, another guy that you could pick up is Michael Armstead. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I mean, Fournette's been pretty, um, pretty healthy this year. But if he goes down, but you never know what this is. Yeah, I mean, if he goes down, all of a sudden, yeah, those are some of the guys that usually we've looked at and they've had some injury concerns in the past. So it makes sense to go pick up those guys because you want to be prepared, especially if you're locked in for the postseason, right? Like if you're locked in already, you locked in a spot, you can you can have a little fun with these extra bench guys and, and make sure you're set up prepared for the postseason. And if you're, let's say you're a Christian McCaffrey owner, because I mean, again, he's been awesome, but he's been banged up and fighting through some stuff. They claim Mike Davis off waivers from the Bears. Yeah. That's a guy that, again, if you again, if you're fighting for a playoff spot, you may not have the opportunity to go yes. out and get all these bench guys depending on bye weeks. But 
once you lock in, Mike, nobody else is going to pick up Mike Davis from you. Nobody else is going to pick up Wayne Gallman from you. Nobody else is going to pick up some of these guys. If you're Zeke Elliott, same thing with Tony Pollard. Just make sure you're prepared for the postseason because odds are you're not playing that fourth, fifth, sixth guy that's on your bench right now no. when it comes playoff time and no. when buys end. So start thinking about maybe not the hot pickup of the week, but the pickup that best fits your team. Yep, that's very good advice. Uh, we're getting to that time of the year. It's exciting. Uh, no more parting thoughts from me other than, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDN Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.